Hello, I'm Steve Dania, and this is the My Pride Playlist Pridecast from Virgin Radio Pride. In each episode, we speak to a member of the LGBTQ plus community and go through tracks that have soundtracked their lives. Now, due to rights reasons, the music is shorter than the original broadcast, but it's still great. Enjoy. The Virgin Radio Pridecast, proudly supported by Disney Plus, celebrating every colour of the rainbow. It's my Pride playlist on Virgin Radio Pride. I'm Steve Dannier. Tonight, I'm joined by former Scottish Conservative Party leader. In fact, the first a openly gay political leader of a major party in the UK. She's a Times radio presenter, a person who's injured herself more than any other person I've ever met. Ruth Davidson, thank you for coming in tonight. You provided some really great songs. I, I was caught in two minds and I didn't know whether to do my favourite 10 songs and here's some like brilliant, lovely capsule music that's going to sound amazing or whether I'm going to do 10 songs that remind me of different points in my life and talk about the different points in my life. And I've done the second bit. So I'm not going to lie. There's some rogue elements in here. I'm not (laughs) proud of all of them. There's some absolute guilty pleasures. I'm not pretending to be cool. Like there's some definite, definite stuff that um, you might secretly like, but you'd never admit to. So I'm, I'm happy to just like bring myself down and be like, yeah, do you know what? Actually, I know it's naff, but like <laughs> I love it. So, so no, there you go. it's great. There's a great cross section, and that's what life is all about. So, I want you to introduce your first pick tonight. What what, what, what should we go for? Well, I, my first pick, uh, I've taken actually some of my parents' music, and my parents were actually much cooler than me growing up in the 60s than I was growing up in the 90s. And we're into um, Motown, Tambla, Soul, Mersey Beat, California Sounds of the 60s. They've got fantastic music collections. And I grew up listening to their music. And uh, one of my favourite songs that was uh, one of my mum's favourite songs was Otis Redding's Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. Beautiful track, beautiful track. And what, can you give me a memory of this song? Um, do you know, I think uh, all of the songs that I remember uh, in the family were us fighting over uh, the car uh, in, in on a long journey of us fighting over whose music they got. And my, my sister, my big sister was big into um, Bon Jovi and Suede and, and, and kind of more rockier stuff. And my parents thought it was awful. And, and they were, like I said, they had a very broad stretch of music. And, and I always let my sister down by plumping for my parents. <laughs> music <laughs> so so yeah so i'd be like oh no, no no let's go listen to this instead and and i just you know it just it reminds me of um i grew up on the coast and it reminds me of kind of sitting on a miserable kind of october day looking out the window at a dark sea but the fire being on and just being nice like like feeling warm and safe and, and home and and you know you can't really say anything better than that can you no this isn't as a beautiful description is otis redding It's Virgin Radio Pride. It's my Pride playlist. I'm Steve Dania. I'm joined by politician and broadcaster Ruth Davidson. Otis Redding there, and you were telling me about your childhood. Can I take you back to when you were growing up? How was it? So we grew up in a wee village uh, in a part of Scotland called Fife that was maybe an an hour north of Edinburgh. Um, So, uh, you know, it it was great. I 
uh, enjoyed growing up. I'd, I'd had a, a very big accident when I was a kid. Um, I got run over by a truck when I was Ooh, five. So wow. it took me a couple of years to get back up on my feet again. But um, I, I was always really active and, and really sporty. And I think it's taken till, till now, now I've got a child of my own, to understand just how brave my parents must have been actually to let me go and play football with the boys or climb trees or play on the roof of the extension of our house and things like that after you know I, I was in hospital for a really long time um they had, there was a couple of life-saving operations they had to do a couple more operations to save my leg and stuff like that so um the fact that they allowed me to be a kind of proper tomboy and really into stuff um you know I, I don't think I fully appreciated it at the time but I appreciate it now and I'm, I'm just so thankful that they let me be the kind of scruffy, adventurous kind of kid that I was. We we have lots of people who come on my pride playlist and they talk about their early years and they say that they realised from a very, very young age, very early age, that they were, you know, a little bit different from their peers. Would that be the case with you? Well, I don't I don't think I knew I was gay from early on and I didn't come out till I was quite late. So I'm, I'm not sure it was that. But I, I mean, I always kind of felt a wee bit different because... I moved to the village um, when I was five, but lots of the kids that I went to primary school with um, had all gone to nursery together, play school together. They were born in the same maternity hospital, you know, and, and had known each other from, from basically birth. And I, I was, even at five, I was a bit of an incomer. I had a different accent. My parents were Glaswegian. I grew up in the borders. So it was a bit different. And then not long after I got there, I was then off for a year. And when I came back, you know, I had a Zimmer frame and, and kids can be pretty cruel. Mm. Um, so that did mark me out as different. Uh, and, you know, it, even when I could walk again without aids or sticks or frames or anything like that, um, it still took me a bit of time just to kind of get back up to being able to run around and to join in. So, so yeah, so I think I, I always felt a little bit different, but I, I had a really good pal that um, came from down south, came from uh, sort of just on Merseyside, just across the river from from Liverpool. And we were great muckers uh, and I've stayed friends like throughout our lives. And and she had an even dodgier accent than I did. She had a proper Scouse accent. So <laughs> suddenly when she arrived, when Cheryl came, actually I was less different. Uh, and the, the two of us hung around together and, and, and she was also like a really, out, I was quite an outgoing kid and she was a really outgoing kid. And we, you know, played tennis around the tennis club together when we got a bit older and, and all that sort of thing. So, so yeah, so we were great muckers and, and that made a big difference. Now, you know, you spoke to me a, a moment ago about guilty pleasures on mm. your list of 10. I'm just looking at our next track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a proper guilty pleasure. And I, like, I have to explain why. Please you're do, have Ruth. listeners to this. Go on, no, so, no, no, so no. let me just explain. Yeah. This is Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice, Ice, Ice Baby. Baby. This, what, was this like 1990, Yes, yeah, so this is my first ever gig. I was in primary seven. Uh, and uh, one of the girls in my class had got tickets to it and then told everybody and then we all went oh we all want to go so there ended up being about like 10 prepubescents that went to this gig <laughs> uh, at the playhouse in Edinburgh so we had to go all the way over the fourth road bridge and a couple of our, our mum's cars and uh, we were down in row E uh, so only five rows from the front it was amazing mind-blown first big live music experience I think I was I'd either been 10 or 11 I think I was 11 um, and, and you know even now when I hear the kind of the the, the intro, the ding ding ding, yeah. like, I just like I I get I get really really sad, even though I love Queen when it's under pressure that comes on and it's not Ice Ice Baby that comes <laughs> on. It. Like like I, I like it's I still there's a little bit of me that goes oh, oh. you know and, and it's just. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that that is wrong. Like, I know deep down in my Because most people would think the, the other way around, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. I Everybody would think I can't actually way. remember the last time, because I've done lots of different shows on different radio stations, uh, the last time I actually heard this song in its entirety. 
Well, play it now because your <laughs> listeners are missing out, Steve. Because you like, you might think it's naff, but deep down you'll still know all of the words. And my, my partner, the one thing she said to me before I came on to speak to you is, for God's sake, Ruth, don't do any rapping. And and, and this is one of the songs I've got in here. And the, the very last song I've got on the list also uh, has rapping in it. Yes, it does. Like, yes. Don't, don't make an idiot of yourself. So I'm not <laughs> going to do it, but I want you to know, and I want the world to know that I can actually remember probably every single word. Oh, I song. love it. We all, need to, we all need to go out with Ruth on a Friday night and see what happens. <laughs> oh, no, I've got a toddler now. I don't get to go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then let's play that. Yo, man, let's get out of here. Word to your mother. What a treat! Who'd have thought that still sounds good? <laughs> Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby on my prior playlist on Virgin Radio Prior. My very special guest tonight is Ruth Davidson, politician, broadcaster and would-be rapper, it turns out. We're properly into this now. What are you picking next? Right, this is, again, another guilty pleasure. I promise you that these songs get better after this. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've picked Hungry Eyes by Eric Carmen, and this could actually have been a number of songs. This could have been this, or it could have been Berlin's Take My Breath Away, or it could have been like Irene Cara or something like that. But I, I'm an absolute and grew up a film nut, love the movies, and there's just some films that you associate with the soundtracks for them. Oh, of and course. this is one of them. And I watched Dirty Dancing, me and my pal Cheryl I was talking about, watched Dirty Dancing and Top Gun. I mean, must be into triple figures, easily into triple figures. Yeah. And I don't know, my mum, usually around my house, and, and my mum, it turns out, has a superpower. Cool. And her superpower was walking in the room at the exact time that Patrick Swayze's bare bum comes out of <laughs> the bed in Dirty Dancing. Now, yes. there's very little actual dirt filth in Dirty Dancing. It's mm. all it's all suggested there's very little of it, but there is a scene where he gets out of the bed and you can see his bare bottom. And that would be the exact point every single time no. my mum would come in and say, do you want some juice or do you want a biscuit or yeah. whatever it was? And I think she probably thought that that, that me and Cheryl were, were you know, uh, kind of sex-obsessed teenagers and nothing could have been further from the truth. But, um, but yeah, so this, because it's to do with Dirty Dancing, which is one of the films of my youth. And I grew up, you know, with with uh, subscriptions to all these film magazines. I worked when I was a student, actually. I, I helped pay my way through uni by working in a cinema. Um, I, I just, you know, I've always loved the movies and there's just some great, great soundtracks out there. And I must ask you, around this time, um, you know, when you were kind of coming of age, I suppose, those pivotal mm. years, how did, because you were in Fife, weren't you? And obviously, yeah. you know, so how was that whole experience when, you know, you, <laughs> did you realise you were gay around this time and, and how did it play out? No, no, I didn't actually. And um, I... Grew up in a relatively religious family. My mum was very religious. My dad uh, used to joke about being church of wheelbarrow, as in that he would go when he was pushed. Um, <laughs> but um, I was a, in my final year at school. I was actually a Sunday school teacher and 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 stuff like that. So I, um, until I went off to university, you know, wasn't looking to be sexually active uh, at that time with anyone. Never mind picking a side. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I was always a, a tomboy. Um, I think it's fair to say, but I, I didn't, I didn't know what that was. And, and also, there was just, I mean, there just wasn't that much on the telly or any touch points or or anything like that really around. There was nobody to look to or to. You know, to learn from either, um, whether that was in in real life or or, or in the media. So yeah, it was. I think we're much better now 
mm. um, to have representation in so many different areas. Um, and it, it does make it easier, I think, for, for people to see folk like them or, or at least having some of the questions that they also have. Yeah, but I think, you know, looking back, when I was that age that we're talking about, I knew, but I didn't know how to express it, if that makes sense. I knew that there was something within me, but I had no idea what it was or how it would play out to later life. But you're saying you had no idea that you, um, you know, did well, you I, fancy I, other girls or was there anything not, like that going on? Not really. And and when I went to university, I, I you know, I... I um, did fancy some boys and, uh, you know, um, had some experiences with boys before, uh, later on in my, my sort of early to mid twenties, mm. um, realizing that I was gay. So, so yeah. So I think, I mean, I, I don't, it makes, I'm trying to not make myself sound as if I, I'm naive or innocent or anything like that because I wasn't. Mm. Um, but it just, for me, it wasn't something that I was looking like, I wasn't looking, uh, to be in a sexually active relationship at that time anyway. I mean, I was, the way the Scottish school system works and where I, when I was born, like I was, I did all my big exams when I was 16. I went to university when I was 17. Mm. Um, so I was at the kind of slightly younger end of that age group. And yeah, it just, I, I just, it wasn't, it, I knew it wasn't for me right then. Um, I, I just, I just didn't know what my life was going to become. I certainly didn't think that, you know, I, I'd be uh, an, <laughs> a former Story party leader who was an unmarried mother in my 40s. Do yes. you know what I mean? That, that wasn't what I picked for myself. Let's put it that way. I had, I had a more kind of, uh, you know, get married. I don't know, maybe what my mum did, get married at sort of 23, have two kids by 30, like mm. that sort of thing. And then there was always going to be a white dress and, and like a, a man in a tux next to me. And like, then it became apparent that that was not my life. Um, and, and, you know, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> I think I've done all right. So, uh, so yeah, so it's just, I don't know. Um, looking back at that that sort of mid to late teen period just before I went off to uni and, and late high school I think that we were all just kind of discovering things and you know you're playing all the games like spin the bottle and all that sort of stuff and and while it wasn't naive and it wasn't innocent um for me it just I was quite secure in not going um to have my my first full sexual experience at that time mm, sure sure absolutely well it was always Patrick Swayze's bottom Virgin Radio Pride, I'm Steve Dennier. I'm joined by politician, broadcaster, Ruth Davidson tonight. And I'm excited about what's next. Right, this is a bit of a change of key. It really uh, is. <laughs> so uh, when I was at high school, uh, for a very brief period, I um, uh, there was a, a band at my school and I, I slightly fancied Alistair, the keyboard player in it. And um, me and a friend, Gillian, were recruited to do some of the lights and also be backing singers for them. And they basically just did Guns N' Roses covers. Uh, and uh, they were really big in the music department and I played clarinet and did like lots of kind of stuff within the music department as well. Uh, and we had a tour of Sweden. So I have technically wow. played uh, uh, technically played some school halls in Sweden uh, as a backing singer stroke dancer for essentially a Guns N' Roses tribute band as well as doing other stuff um, when I was about 14, 15. Um, so I, and I've always loved Guns N' Roses, but also, um, and not to be too stereotypically Scottish, um, the song that I picked by Guns N' Roses is November Rain, and it's for a, a double reason. One, I, I love the song, but 
two, um, it was also on the jukebox on the local pub that would let underagers in. Uh, and they had the 11-minute version. Oh, yes. The 11, uh, oh, that is Yeah, so, so you got your money's worth. Yes. So if you had enough money that you could put money in the jukebox, you could get 11 sweet, sweet minutes of music <laughs> coming out of it for your 50p or whatever it was at the time uh, when you were 16, 17 years old. So, um, so yeah, so there's a double reason there. One, uh, and, and I, I do like still uh, have kind of Usual Illusion 1, Usual Illusion 2. I've got uh, Appetite for Destruction. Like I've got quite a few of the albums. They're incredible pieces of art, aren't they now? Yeah, they are. They're great. And and some of the stuff they were doing and the samples and stuff, I think, I think my favourite Guns N' Roses track probably is Civil War. Mm. And they've got that great sample from, I think it's Cool Hand Luke, Whereas, like, you know, what we've got here is a failure to communicate. Some men you just can't reach, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Uh, and it's just the way the kind of, the way Slash's guitar comes in is just, it's just lovely and it's so mournful. And then it becomes so angry and it's just, and, and you know, everybody has those teenage years when they're pretty angry. And, and you know, I was very nice, uh, nuclear family, little village in Scotland, nothing to be angry about. But I, there was at least a year of my life that I spent in ripped jeans with, <laughs> uh, no, no, with, with the the thing that Axel Rose did. You know, he had a, a um, what you call it, a bandana underneath uh, the rip in his jeans on, yes. on, his, on his on his knee. I had that. I had my sister's hand-me-down leather jacket, wore a white uh, T-shirt underneath it, had like the Harley Davidson belt. Like I was properly, proper. Like I looked like an idiot. I didn't know I looked like an idiot. I thought I was the business, but I looked like an idiot for at least a year. It's my Pride playlist on Virgin Radio. Pride Guns and Roses there. Uh, wait till you hear my guest Ruth Davidson's next pick on my Pride playlist. What's it to be? So next, uh, we're going to take a jump in my life. So this is me going off to university. I went in 1996. I went to Edinburgh Uni. Uh, and because it's four years degrees in Edinburgh or in Scotland, um, the Freshers Week song for our intake was the year 2000 by Pulp, which Ooh. was uh, our big Freshers song because everyone was supposed to be graduating in, in the year 2000. Mm. Uh, as, it, as it happened, I left a, a year early um, without my uh, mas- uh, sorry, without my master's mm. and uh, uh, and got straight into the world of work because I realised that's where I wanted to be. Uh, so I left in 99, but I still cannot hear the song without thinking of uh, the Subway Cowgate Club uh, in Edinburgh. <laughs> um, and it would usually be this followed by like the ABBA Mega Mix or something like that. So it wasn't even like the coolest club in town. And there are some quite cool clubs in Edinburgh. But um, I was never one of the cool kids, but I did just like dancing like an absolute lunatic. Uh, and and yeah, and this was one of them. And what a great place to go to uni there. I mean, you can't pick better, really, can you? Oh, it was great. I, you know, and, and I've made some friends that have stayed with me my whole life. Um, and it's, you know, as you get older, you kind of, suddenly realize the marker points in your life and you never think of yourself as old but I'm now thinking of like when my mum was my age she had a uh, a 13 year old and a 17 year old yeah uh, I, now my friends from university I've known for more than half my life uh, <laughs> you know I've now been driving for more than a quarter of a century you know like all of these yeah. things you suddenly go 
Oh, jeez. Like, it just bends your mind when it. you think of it yeah, like that, Yeah, I know. It? It's just like, I don't feel it. I still feel like I'm, I don't know, 26 or something like yeah, that. And I just, yeah. I'm so amant. <laughs> what were you like as a student? I mean, so it's interesting. If you were to revisit, you know, those friends as people you were hanging out with kind of mid-90s, yeah. would they say, oh, we always knew that you would end up, Ruth, doing, you know, Afternoons on Times Radio and having <laughs> what such a stellar political career? I mean, you know, does it... Well, Tell me. I more. was always argumentative. Uh, so I think, I don't think the politics would have, have, have surprised anyone particularly. I was always argumentative and, and quite extrovert sometimes. But I think um, I was quite ill at uni. So one of the other reasons I left is I was diagnosed with depression in my first year uh, and I kind of struggled with it until I was a wee bit older and I learned how to manage it. And I've managed it my whole adult life. And um, I think uh, for me, what I wish I'd known uh, if I could go back and kind of an arm around my younger self yeah. is that intelligence is not the same thing as knowledge so there was lots of sort of kids there that had done a levels and then got off to do a gap year and come back and they were like 20 and i was 17 and and they were so confident confidence not the same thing as ability mm. and you know all that sort of stuff and i, I just think I, I was a bit intimidated. I was intellectually intimidated by them. I was socially intimidated by them. And I actually had nothing to be intimidated for. Um, you know, I, I made some great friends at university and I did some some cool things uh, and got to travel through some of the stuff I was doing. Uh, and, I, and I've done all right, but it, it did take me a wee while. And, and I guess part of it as well as um, the village that I'd come from, one of the, one of the triggers for, for my depression was... Um, a, a boy that lives across the road from me had also been run over on the same stretch of road as I had. And he committed suicide the year that I arrived. Wow. And I, 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 it was that whole thing of, of that I'd had much worse injuries than, than he had. And, and I was still there and, and he hadn't. Uh, and, uh, and he, uh, and it was just all of that thing. And, and I think a lot of people have this uh, um, about, you, you know, that kind of survivor guilt or not realising what the purpose is. And when, when you're also confused about lots of other things and you punish yourself or mm. you are carrying with you shame in, in other areas, including sexuality by this Yes, point. I was going to ask you, yeah, actually, because lots yeah. of LGBTQ plus people do carry around lots of, I mean, baggage is not... Guilt, shame, yes. a whole lot, and, and confusion and fear and... How are my family going to react? How are my parents going to react? All of that sort of stuff, and and yeah, and, and it was all kind of it all got mixed up together at, at that time. Um, so while it was a very difficult time, I still look back on it quite fondly because I got some great friends out of it because I found so many parts of myself because I learned so much about myself at the same time. Um, but you're right, and and if you look at the research that's been done uh, into the LGBTQ plus community, um, we are a group of people who are more prone to cutting themselves or self-harming or um, trying to take their own life and, and all of these other things, all of these things that I was experiencing at the same time as well. Mm. So, so yeah, um, it, it can be a difficult time. I, I think it is getting better. I think people's understanding and, and part of all of this was mixed up in my diagnosis of, of, of depression and the fact that I didn't really know what that meant. I didn't know whether that meant I was mad. Uh, I, I, I was put on very strong um uh, antidepressants uh, and every time I went back and went you know I'm, I'm not feeling better I'm, I'm actually feeling worse they just put the the kind of um dosage up and it, it, things got worse mm. for me um and, and I think we're so much better now in terms of talking therapies in terms of really trying to understand what role medication can play and it can help some people uh, and lots of people but um and being able to explain and and we're just 
you know, that that was more than 30 years ago now. And and in those 30 some years, we've, we've just come so, so far. No, less than 30, more than 20 years ago. But yeah, we've just, we've just, we've just got so much better about talking about it. And I do stuff now. So I, I'm the chair of ICV's uh, mental health advisory group. I, I, I do work. I go back and speak to people. Um, and, and I've tried to be quite open and honest about this sort of stuff so folk can see um, people in different walks of life. Because it would have helped me back then if I could have seen a politician that was open about having had mental health difficulties. Definitely, because, definitely. Well, I just thought that that was my career over before I'd even graduated. I yeah. thought that I wouldn't be able to hold down a responsible job or I wouldn't be hired for something that would have a lot of pressure attached to it because people would talk or worry or or anything like that. So I, I think we are so much further forward than we were back there. And and that's all to the good. OK, well, let's get your big uni anthem on there. And it's a belter. Your next choice, let's hear Pulp. It's Virgin Radio Pride. I'm Steve Dania. This is my Pride playlist tonight. I'm joined by uh, the first openly gay political leader of any major party in the UK. Ruth Davidson's here. And Ruth, just before we get on to your next pick, Britney Spears, feels like the right time to ask you this uh, about your coming out story. What do you remember? I've never actually told it. And I think that sometimes you, you just have to be able to say, look, some of these things are, are just for within my own family and and while it is my story to tell their reaction is is part of their story too and without their permission that's not something that I, I necessarily think that I'm going to be able to do but I uh, I did tell one member of my family first and the reaction wasn't all that I'd hoped it would be and, and that's why there was a bit of a gap before I told other members of my family um, but in terms of, of where we are now uh, we're so much further down that road in fact God love them my parents uh, ended up in a uh, 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 Oh, what you call a party election broadcast that I did, just about me becoming a party leader and all that sort of stuff. Oh, amazing! My, yeah, my partner was there, and my, you know, the the dog and and all the rest of it, and and yeah, and it was it was it was great actually, just to to have that real representation. And and one of uh, the the guys that worked in our comms department was like, now, this is what I thought we were going to do for the 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 PEB, and are you happy with that? And uh, do you want us to like hire? some actors for your family or I was like what <laughs> no that's mental don't do that uh, no your like, mum would never me, forgive you yeah you know, well let me go and speak to well you know my, my dad just kept trying to make the the uh, uh camera crew tea it's like no, no dad no, you're supposed to come in Love and say it. hi and, and ignore the camera crew that are yeah, in your kitchen yeah. uh, like just pretend they're not there <laughs> and, 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 would, and would you like a cup of tea son no no no, no dad can, can, can you stop doing that part please but yeah so it was, it was fun but but it was it was it is about stepping up and and you know i've tried always um to kind of wear it lightly um but to also make sure that it's not something that's kept hidden and and i think you know, I had no idea when I became the Scottish Tory party leader how to be gay in public. I, I'd been out for a few years, um, but not a huge amount. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't realise actually that it, I was the first kind of openly gay political leader uh, of a major party anywhere in the United Kingdom at the time. And and then I was like, oh, right, OK, there's a bit of interest in this. Um, and it's like, how do, you, how do you do that? And and I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to be me. And you can you can take me or leave me mm. as I am, but if I pretend to be something I'm not, you know, I would I would hate to fail at this. Um, 
when I'm not being myself. I would hate to fail at this and look back and wish, God, if I'd just done something else, that would have been better. Uh, so at least go out and give it your best go. And what was really interesting was when I when I won the leadership, I didn't expect you know anyone in the world that wasn't a Scottish Story Party member to care who the leader of the Scottish Story Party was. But I, I got quite a lot of um, uh, letters and emails from young people, mm. almost all of them starting, I'm not a Tory bot, but um, <laughs> the, the, yeah, exactly. But but I went on to say, you know, I'm 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 out at school, but I'm not out to my parents, or uh, I'm not out yet, or or whatever, and. Um, you know, and it, and it really matters. I was really pleased to see that you won it. And, um, you know, I'd always thought that I could do politics, but then I thought I wouldn't be able to or I wouldn't be allowed to. And, you know, what was really lovely was I actually wrote back individually to everybody. It took me a wee while because there's, you know, there's quite a lot to take on at the time. And I was quite personal with all the stuff I wrote back and not a single one of those letters back ever made the press, even though it could have been a new story, even though it could have wow. been quite undermining to yeah. me. And I'm just so thankful to those kids for for keeping that kind of, you know, for, for keeping that kind of emotional honesty between us, even though we'd never met and we probably will never meet. But it was, it, it really brought home to me that I did have a responsibility, you know, so I don't, I don't mind if people don't agree with my politics or don't agree with me on a, a particular issue or whatever, but just, but just please, Lord above, don't let me suck at this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that at least I don't embarrass anybody, you know? Um, and and I did put myself under lots of pressure. But um, but yeah, I think, you know, I, I didn't get everything right. I made mistakes. Everybody does. But honestly, looking back at it, I'd, I, I, you know, I, I stepped up, I think, um, particularly during the equal marriage debate yeah. uh, in, in Scotland uh, and in Ireland. Actually, my partner's Irish. We did some some stuff over there when the referendum was on over there. Um, yeah, and, and, and hopefully... You know, I, I didn't embarrass anybody. Has it been tough in some stages uh, with, you know, with people saying negative things, with homophobia creeping in, or have you been lucky? Um, I mean, a bit of both, I guess. Uh, so, you know, there are some things that get posted below the line on Twitter that, that do hurt, that do get through your defences, um, particularly things like, you know, how can you understand what family is, or when I announced my pregnancy, you know, there was some some pretty mean stuff uh, that was said there. Um, but yet you do have to take a breath and you have to realise it, it doesn't matter. Mm. Like, I know what matters to me. My partner matters to me. My son matters to me. My silly, hairy spaniel matters to me. You know, my parents <laughs> matter to me. My sister, my nieces, my nephews, they, they are what matters to me. And, you know, some guy in underpants living in his parents' basement shouting at me over, you know, his smartphone. Yeah, yeah. On the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. So I mean, there true. were times, in fact, there have been times where I pushed back on some of it because I, I think one thing that does matter to me is the idea that other gay people um, and young people and other people from the LGBTQ plus community don't see that you just have to sit there and take it all the time. So I, I wouldn't necessarily beat people around the head with it, but if stuck, every now and again, every one and every... 60 or 70 or whatever i would push back and go mm. like you know do you kiss your mother with that mouth or oh you silver tongue lothario or or yeah nice <laughs> you know like you know even some of it was quite light-hearted other times uh particularly if they were a card-carrying member of another political party or something you could you could raise it and and stuff like that and yeah. just be like oh, no this is not acceptable and and actually it's quite important that some people see you stand up and say do you know what i'm not taking that mm -hmm. don't deserve it I'm not taking it you can shout at me for a politics, but you're not shouting at me for that. No, because it's personal, you. isn't it? It gets, you know, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
Britney Spears. That's, do you see that? The way I dived into <laughs> yeah. that lane. I mean, goodness, if we're on a motorway, I would have swerved into the fast lane there. <laughs> yeah, so, Britney, so like, this Britney. is another doubler. This is on there for two reasons. So, the first is this is to show you how old I am. Go on. Uh, one of the jobs I had when I was at uni is I worked in a pub called Bennett's, uh, which is just up the road from the King's Theatre in Edinburgh. Great pub. Had a whiskey gantry of about 112. 28 whiskeys on it was super and at the end of the night when you're cleaning up after closing time uh the tellies in the pub were all tuned to something called the box music television you control yes now, nobody what happened to the box? nobody under the age of 40 <laughs> ever know what this is it was basically that was the like, coolest thing wasn't it because you could at the you time, could just text in your songs that you wanted to play exactly you? Yeah. so you know, lots of drunk people got home from the pub and just phoned up or texted into this television programme that would then just play the the videos, the music videos that, that they wanted. And I cannot tell you how many drunk old men <laughs> called up for Britney Spears' Hit Me Baby One More Time, which is the one where she's in, like, the fluffy... Uh, the school uh, outfit. Yeah, the school outfit yes. with, like, the, the fluffy baubles in her hair yeah. and the pigtails and all that sort of stuff. Um, so... Uh, you know, when that's on, when you're sweeping floors and, and cleaning tables and, and lifting chairs and stuff like that, like every single night, uh, you get used to it. And then not long after that, a couple of years after that, I went on a holiday with some pals uh, to Greece, a couple of uni friends from Greece. And um, uh, we were in a bar that was quite a lively bar. And I I take the fifth on how we ended up on the bar, but we were on the bar, dancing on the bar uh, of this place when this song came on. And... I attempted a particularly ambitious dismount round what I thought was a fixed pole Ooh. next to the bar. Yeah. And it turned out it was one of the legs of a kind of, it was like kind of an outdoor sort of beach bar type thing of, of like a, a wooden kind of trellisy thing. Mm -hmm. And I just about brought down uh, <laughs> several tons of the timber on about 500 people, uh, or maybe not as much as that, maybe 50 people. But, um, but yeah, so that that taught me, uh, next time you, you are, are uh, dancing on the bar, do you know, just make sure that it's a it's a fixed structure that you're attempting to dismount uh, yes. and turtle around on the way down. Brittany, of course it is. On my Pride playlist on Virgin Radio Pride, I'm Steve Denier. I'm joined by my guest tonight, Ruth Davidson. So your next song, Ruth, is just great. I love this. What is it? What are you choosing? So my next song is Shakira's Whenever, Wherever. Mm. Uh, and the reason I've picked it is uh, it reminds me of my first radio station. And my first radio station was the mighty Kingdom FM, wow. uh, which is based in Fife. Oh, yeah. So I, when I left uni, uh, I'd done my degree in English literature and I went and joined my local paper or one of the local papers. Yeah. The hugely influential Glenrothes Gazette, incorporating the Leslie and Mark and <laughs> what, what were you doing? Were you uh, like a reporter? I was a cup reporter. Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah. And then when I went to the radio station, uh, uh, I was a newsreader. Right. So that was my job. Uh, and this, the there was a whole load of, of local radio licences that were given out in the very late 90s. Uh, and so Kingdom FM had maybe only been going 18 months, two years when I joined it. And so there was a real kind of club feel to it of of just everybody just trying to make something work for the first time in, in Fife. And it was the first Fife-only radio station that, that had been built. Um, and uh, we still... Uh, so that would be 2000, so that's 22 years ago. Yeah. We have a, a Kingdom FM survivors group uh, of about 
six or seven of us that still meet up. Uh, a fortnight ago, I was at a, a mate's 50th birthday. Oh, amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, in the Dunfermline uh, British Legion. She had a, um, she was one of the, the sales, uh, one of the sales force uh, in the radio station mm. that sold the advertising. Uh, and she had a 70s theme. And I did not realise that the Dunfermline British Legion didn't have its own car park. So I am walking a fortnight ago <laughs> uh, down the street in a white uh, jumpsuit with light blue uh, <laughs> butterflies on it and a Leo Sayer wig uh, and big makeup uh, right down Dunfermline High Street to get to it. So that was a joy. Are there pictures um, but, of you know, this? <laughs> I really hope not, Steve. Like, I cannot tell you how much I hope not. Uh, but, but, yeah, no, so that was a great time. Like, I, I really enjoyed working for that. And, and although I, I think, I haven't checked back, but I don't think the dates fit one of the reasons that I think of this Shakira song with that group of people and that time in my life is because we've always kept up and once or twice a year we all get together and we have a great old time, is uh, my very best pal from in there was one of the DJs uh, called uh, Yvonne Milne. And we've been friends down, down the years and we do a really terrible but in our heads brilliant version of this uh, at karaoke together uh, and have done. Um, and I know you said you couldn't take any more injury, but um, Yvonne is just the most amazing woman. And uh, when I brought my back when I was in the Territorial Army, um, I was in a back brace for three months. And we decided when I got my back brace off and we were able to do stuff again, that we were going to test it out. Um, and the way we were going to test it out was we decided that the best thing to do to test it out would be to walk the West Highland Way, which is about a hundred mile route yeah. Uh, yeah. up the hills of Scotland. Um which turned into the best pub crawl I've ever been on. Just walk 15 miles and then drink for four hours and then fall asleep in the tent. Brilliant. And me and Yvonne did this. And it's still my favourite holiday I think I've ever, ever had. Despite all the like foreign places I've been to, we had such good time. Uh, and yeah, so every time I hear Shakira, whether it's underneath your clothes, whether it's uh, She-Wolf, whether it's whenever, wherever, um, I just think of this group of people. And it was just such a lovely time in my life. It was a great radio station to be part of. And... Yeah, and I just think of my mate Avoni. She was the first openly gay political leader of any major party in the UK. The lovely, the awesome Ruth Davidson is with me tonight on my pro playlist on Virgin Radio Pride. I see you've gone for pink here. Are you a fan of hers? Well, I, I just love her. I'm, my partner's been to see her live many times and for whatever reason, I well, apart from the fact I had a job for 10 years that meant I never get to, to do anything fun. Uh, I've, I've actually never seen her live, but she's on my bucket list uh, and... Uh, she came out just about the time that I joined the TA because she's been around for so much longer than you think she has. Oh, and it's 20, uh, and, seriously, it's like 21 years now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly, completely. And and has absolutely stood the test of time and and hasn't done a Madonna by just getting more and more outlandish. She's yeah. actually kind of grown with herself. And I think she does what she does brilliantly and, and has always made it age appropriate for herself and in a really good way. <laughs> um but, but yeah, there was a guy on my uh, my officer training corps who loved her and kind of got us all into her. And then I just kind of stuck with her. And and I, I loved the TA. Actually, I got invited back a few years ago to be the honorary colonel of my old regiment, which I'm, I'm doing at the moment. And it's just it's just brilliant. Like uh, for somebody who's active and, uh, you know, sporty and all the rest of it, mm. the idea that you can do your own job and then you can 
be in the reserve forces and get paid at the weekend for running around, uh, you know, learning new skills, making new pals, uh, going to bed tired, happy. But, you know, that that physical tired, happy, yeah. which is for somebody like me who's, who's always had trouble sleeping their whole life, just the peace that you get from being physically exhausted in a good way, having had a good day. It's just brilliant. And, and uh, you know, if, if I hadn't broke my back, I'd still be in the Territorial Army. I would never have been a politician because I loved it. I was army barmy. Um, and you need your evenings and weekends to, to be a politician, to campaign. And and the Territorial Army, you train evenings, weekends and a couple of weeks every year on your annual camp. Uh, so so kind of, if I hadn't done, if I hadn't been injured, I, I would never have been a politician and I would never be speaking to you now. But what was also great about it is it gave me leadership skills. Like I became a party leader in Scotland six months after becoming a politician, which is absolutely unheard of. And I, I had no idea how to lead. Um, having been a, a radio presenter, um, you work in teams, but your editor, or your producer, or whoever is kind of boss, you're mm. not the boss. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so I, I fell back on what I knew and what they told me about decision making and applying troops to task and how you can encourage people to come with you and, and all that sort of thing. So I'm, I, I will forever proselytize and witness for how good the reserve forces are what they teach you the different people from different walks of life that you meet um when you're in there uh the skills that you learn the fun that you have um and the value that you add that you know so many people i trained with went off and did proper overseas operations in afghanistan in iraq in bosnia um you know and and did proper worry stuff and you know that that takes a lot of guts and it takes a lot of skill and uh yeah so i'm i'm a big fan so i'm shout out there i don't i don't think pink has anything to do with the british territorial army or the army reserve as it's now called but um we used to sing her when we were in and we like her It's Pink on Virgin Radio Pride. My Pride playlist tonight is with Ruth Davidson. Very special guest. I'm Steve Denier. Now, you just picked Pink, and you were telling me about your territorial army period. Um, I suppose I should ask you this rather gruesome story, but you you managed to break your back. How did that happen? Yeah, yeah. So I... um, (laughs) It's a slightly funny story. So, uh, yeah, I broke it in three places, uh, which is a bit sore. Uh, jumping headfirst through a window frame on command. Oh, um, Ruth, I, I've been gripping this desk for the entire interview. Just when I think it can't get any worse. Yeah, well, it actually kind of does get worse because I was I was doing this kind of pre-qualification thing uh, that gets you into Sandhurst for, for your exams there. And there wasn't a medic on base at the time that I did this. So they got the psychologist was the closest thing they had to a medic there. And I was lying on the ground. I couldn't understand why I couldn't get up. Um, I thought I just winded myself. I was trying to get up, trying to get up. I couldn't do it. And he was kind of like moving my legs up and going, does this hurt? And like, yeah, yeah, that really hurts. Uh, does this hurt? And all the rest of it. And part of the psychology of the, the assessment is that you're never called by your name during this thing that I was doing. So this 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 big black colonel who sound, looked and sounded like James Earl Jones, he, he had this booming voice. And I will never forget the words. Are you sure, number 33, or are you just anticipating the pain? And I, like I had a moment, I was like, oh my goodness, am I being a total big girl's blouse here? <laughs> and I was like, no, no, actually this this is sore. No, definitely sore. And then he, he got me up on my feet and he made me walk up this hill to where the ambulance were. And then the ambulance guys went, 
really like were really upset with him uh, and they they put me out of this board and and basically I wasn't allowed to move from being on my back flat on my back for about eight days until wow. they built this this orthotic kind of brace for me that was made out of like plastic and metal and stuff uh, so I was in Salisbury General Hospital for a bit. Spire FM, great local radio station. Always listen to my local radio. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so and, loyal. <laughs> yeah, it's so loyal. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then when I, I got back to Scotland, uh, I was supposed to be signed off for three months and I was so worried that three months watching daytime telly would just ruin my mental health that I bullied my GP and my boss to letting me go back to work if I promised I'd just sit at a desk and work at a desk. Mm. And uh, uh, But uh, and being me, I, I just decided that, you know, it wasn't going to stop me doing anything. So I had loads of birthday parties for the three months I had to wear this thing. And I was out at all these nightclubs and stuff like that, you know, dressed up to the nines in this big thing. And do you know the weirdest thing is the attention you get. There is a very niche gentleman who likes the idea of a woman with handles. And <laughs> it's like it is really bizarre. Yeah, like it, it's really bizarre. And I never want to have to wear another one of those again. Yeah. And if I did, I wouldn't go back to those nightclubs. No. <laughs> brilliant stuff no more injury though Ruth come on we've only got two more songs no, no. to go yeah exactly no more injuries that's me I'm done this I'm next fit. song reminds well I connect this song with you for obvious reasons so please tell me what you're going for so I'm going for David Guetta's uh, version of Titanium the one that he's got CS speaking on it and, love and it. I love a soaring female vocal like yes. I love a power track you know my, my gym mix uh, on my phone is you know it's Katie, it's Shakira, it's uh, Britney, it's you know it's it's everybody. Uh, it's just all of the strong female voices that are that are in there, Kelly and and you know Beyonce and Rihanna and and everybody. So I've got loads and loads of female singers that just doing kind of you know firework or dirty or fighter or all of these other songs. But I've, I picked this one um, because one of the other things that was quite unusual. The Scottish Tories, before I took them over, uh, this is a work song for me. This reminds me of being uh, the Tory party leader in Scotland. Um, you know, the, the way in which we were viewed was a, a bit old, a bit staid, a bit tweedy. Um, and every tight, every sort of party conference had to pick kind of walk on and walk off music. Yeah. Uh, and I would always kind of go for, uh, you know, these kind of power tracks. And and this is just my favourite of all the power tracks. So it, it's this is probably the one that's sneaking in as uh, not necessarily a moment of my life song, but as a, isn't this just a brilliant song song? It's my Pride playlist. Thank you for listening in tonight. I'm Steve Dania on Virgin Radio Pride. I'm with Ruth Davidson. And Ruth, before we get into your final song, let's just talk about, you know, your life now. It sounds like you're in a really good place. Yeah, so I, I finished uh, up in the Scottish Parliament uh, in May of last year um, and I moved out of the city of Edinburgh, which is where I'd been living with my uh, partner and my son and, and my spaniel, uh, down the coast to a lovely little coastal town. Uh, about half an hour on the train outside of Edinburgh. Um, it's got a couple of beaches, uh, as well as I, I sit in the House of Lords as well, and I, I do some corporate stuff, and I've, I've got a day a week on the radio. So my, my life's set up very differently. I'm home in time to, 
you know, make tea for my son five nights a week and put him to bed in a way that I never could when I was doing sort of full-time frontline politics. Uh, I I'm sort of started back doing a bit more exercise and, and you know, I put on so much weight when I was a politician. I put on like three, four stone. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's coming off. I'm feeling healthier and stronger in myself. Um, my partner and I got engaged ooh, about six years ago. Still not married yet. We will get to it eventually, but we do have a joint mortgage and a joint child and a joint spaniel. So, you know, we're, we're pretty much good for getting the, the long term. <laughs> we're getting there. We're, we're settled. Yes. And, and yeah, you know, for somebody that's struggled sometimes with their mental health, uh, who's not always been happy, who's often um, been anxious or under pressure or put pressure on themselves. Do you know, it's, it's it's nice to feel like I've I've lifted some of some some of that kind of weight that was on me and it and it does feel like it's lifted and you know this is a town I want to we moved here not knowing anybody no family nearby particularly um we're working hard to to make friends locally uh, and you know it, it helps my son started a nursery in January um, we moved to a kind of new build house on a modern estate with lots of other young families around and and we can see what the life we want for him looks like and and we can see how we can achieve it and and he's become the focal point and for somebody who because of that very early accident I talked about mm. um had been told that they might never be able to have children probably you know wouldn't be able to you know, they wouldn't menstruate they had a lot of internal damage and then to have the layer on top of that of of being gay and, and knowing that they were gay from their kind of mid-20s you know I never thought necessarily that it would ever be able to happen for me I'd always wanted children but I, I didn't know whether I could uh, and to have my son Finn at 39 quite late you know it's it's such a late blessing and I don't want to squander it I don't want to be I don't want to be the parent that's not there you know, and and uh, I have completely changed my life around uh, for my family, for him, for the way I do things, and I am happy. And I'm also what's interesting is even though I've completely changed what I'm doing professionally, I also have some professional fulfillment. Partly because my home life is fulfilled as well. And you know, we of course have our pressures, the same as every family, and stresses and strains. Um, but I think we're doing okay, you know? So here is your final track, Ruth. No rapping. We want to hear Coolio do it. This is Gangster's Paradise. Gangsters Paradise on Virgin Radio Pride. You're listening to my Pride playlist. I'm Steve Daniel. I've been with Ruth Davidson tonight. Before I let you go, Ruth, tell me about the story involving this song, your partner and that cab driver. My partner and I first met seven years before we got together. So we met on a double date when we were the other half of the double date. Uh, and our then respective partners were old school friends that had known each other for years. And we, we you know, got on well enough, whatever. Never really thought much about it. Um Jen split up with her partner. Uh, she moved abroad for a bit. She came back. Uh, I stayed with mine for, for several years and then we broke up later on. And then we just kind of found each other again. Um, but because we'd had a bit of backstory, I mean, I when I split up with my my then partner, I thought, oh, my word, you know, I'm, I'm head of the Scottish Tories. Uh, I'm never going to be able to go on an, an online dating platform. I'll never meet anybody. This is, this, you know, my life is you know, over, I'm going to be on the shelf for the rest of my life, et cetera. Mm. And then suddenly Jen walked back into it after so many years. And um, 
we went out for a drink, uh, not really knowing whether it was a date or not. And it turned out that it ended up being a date. Uh, and we kind of stayed together ever since. Uh, but it, about our third or fourth proper date date night out, um, we shared a, a cab back to her house. And uh, we... I think it's fair to say that a small sherry had been taken <laughs> uh, and possibly a white wine spritzer as well. <laughs> uh, and I don't know how we got onto it, but we got onto the fact that uh, really liked Cleo's Gags of Paradise. Uh, like, who knows how that came up? It was two in the morning. Uh, and uh, it is also another song that I know every single word to and demonstrated that I knew every single word to it in the back of the cab as we were on the way back to our house. And that was fine. And we got to her house. She got her keys out and I was going to pay the taxi man. Uh, and he turned around and said, that's great, Miss Davidson. And by the way, could I get a selfie? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> you were like, rumbled. You know, yeah. You know, and just like, do you know that way where just your world drops out of you? I, was so far into not being in politician mode that I was there was no way that anyone was cloaking me. I was in, you know, I wasn't in a suit. I was in like, you know, casual duds, yeah. all of that sort of stuff. And and like genuinely, Jen absolutely lost it. She was rolling around on the floor. And and yeah, so anytime I hear this when it comes on the radio, and unlike Vanilla Ice, this one does actually get radio play every now and again. It does. I just always I always think of that night, and I always think of her. And and also like I still really like it. Dangerous, uh, uh, Dangerous Minds, not the best movie in the world, and it no. comes from a movie. But um, this song, brilliant. And the other thing about it is it was really a song of a summer one year. And there's so many summers in my life where I can remember the song. So I remember The Fuji's Killing Me Softly was the song of, of the summer between yes. school and uni. And so I remember... 95, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 95, 96. And I remember Santana, Smooth, was like just the song of the summer. And there was there was a year that Coolio was the song of the summer. Yeah, and and yeah. I just... You know, it's just, it's a great track and it reminds me uh, of my lovely fiancé. One more thing, Ruth. I must ask this before I let you go. Um, if there's someone listening to our conversation who's struggling with either coming out or being themselves or going through depression, all the all the subject matters we've spoken about, what advice would you give them? Well, the first thing I would say is be kind to yourself. You know, um, this stuff is hard and it's confusing and nobody is going to be harder on you than you are on yourself. And and just, you know, take a breath and allow yourself to be and allow yourself to make mistakes and to work through things and, and be kind to yourself and be gentle with yourself. Uh, and the next thing I would say is, you know, things do get better. And, and like I say, the combination of having had mental health difficulties and still having to manage it uh, and actively manage it um, in my life, uh, as as well as the, the kind of confusion that I had around my sexuality. Um, I, I know, absolutely know, that when you're in a hole, sometimes you, you can't see the sun. You can't see the way out. And you don't know um, that it is going to get better. You know, mm. just keep moving your feet forward. Just one after the other. Um, lean on the good people that are in your life. Know who your people are. Uh, and and just, just, you know, just keep being kind to yourself and being true to yourself. And if you can look at yourself in the mirror at night, you know, you are halfway there. Ruth Davidson, thank you very, very much for coming on tonight on my Pride playlist. I've really enjoyed spending an hour in your company and I've loved every song and I even love Vanilla Ice. I loved it. <laughs> I, I forgot how much <laughs> I loved hearing that song again. But thank you. And if we ever bump into each other in the news mm. building on floor 14, please let me buy you a coffee. That's the least I can ah. do. Absolutely, hundred percent. Let's do that. Let's have a let's have a sticky bun as well. My Pride playlist. Virgin Radio Pride. 
Thank you so much for listening in. That was the My Pride playlist Pridecast. And make sure you subscribe to hear loads more good stuff from Virgin Radio Pride. The Virgin Radio Pridecast. Proudly supported by Disney+. Plus, Full of stories and love for all.